0: Good morning, and God bless you guys. Hope you guys are having a good morning. Again, like just said, we're just thankful you guys are joining us. You guys chose to take some time out of your morning uh, to just fellowship with us, to get in God's word with us. So um, something that has been um, very heavily on my heart is just this reminder of what we're a part of, okay? We had a, uh, a, a call, a team call earlier this week, and I felt it was necessary that since we're not gathering together, we need this reminder that, yo, we're a part of a tribe. You're part of a family. And so I had to remind us of that because it is easy when you're not gathering together physically um, to kind of lose sight of that. And I think all the more it's important for us to understand our hope, like our future, our destination, where we're going. And I just want to make sure that our view of the future is literally in the crosshairs of, of how we live our life, okay? You know, our f- our view of the future impacts our actions here in the present. We were talking about this last night at dinner, and Danny, um, I, sh- I shared this, and Danny tells the kids, she's like, yeah, she's like, it's kind of like, like the Christmas carol. She's like, how Scrooge, when after having... Uh, that visitation from the ghost of Christmas future, that's when he changes his actions. And it's, it's, it's just like that in the sense that once we understand the destination, when we understand, when we have that in the scope, in the lens, man, our actions change. And so I want our actions today, uh, the lives we live today, and the various different things that we're involved in, with all the excitement, especially with the holidays, And even a lot of the challenges that we're facing right now, I want our actions to be in light of our hope. We want to live through that lens. We want to live righteous lives. God says that his righteous ones shall live by faith. That's in Romans 1038, or excuse me, Hebrews 1038. The righteous one shall live by faith. The righteous one. So we got a couple words that we toss around all the time. We toss around the word hope. We toss around the word faith, and it seems like they're like these mystical, like lofty words. Just this, just have faith, brother. You know what you're hoping. Ho- well, I have hope. I have hope. But like, what is that? What does that really mean? I'll I- if you got your Bibles, which I hope you do, I hope you have your Bibles. Open them up <laughs> and and turn to Hebrews. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Hebrews this morning. But I want to look at these two words because they're not lofty they're not mystical words they're words that we ought to live life through we ought to have a pretty good understanding of it I want to start in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 and 2 I'm going to read out of the English standard version it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for by it the people of old received their commendation. I'll read this again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance. It's, it's the foundation. It's the substance. It's the real thing. That's what your faith is. It is the conviction. It is the evidence. It's the proof of what you hope for. And it says it's, it's by faith. It's by faith, by believing that the people of old receive their accommodation. In other words, it, it's, it's by faith that the people of old gain their approval in God's eyes. So it, I'll just be honest. This is a verse that's like, this is a heavy hidden verse. This is a verse we ought to understand. This is a verse that we read a lot. We've probably heard many, many times, but I'll be very honest with me. This is just like a lot, and it's always been a lot for me to chew on, this verse. Just like, what is that? It just seems so wordy. And so I I just want to put it like this. Faith is tied to your actions. Hope is tied to your vision. Faith is tied to your actions. Hope is tied to your vision. Faith is what you and I do now. Hope is what... God will do in the future. I'll say it again. Faith is what you and I do now. The word for faith is the same word as believe. Wherever you see faith, there's actions that follow in in, in anything. You can have faith in a lot of different things, not just God's word. Whatever we have faith in, actions follow that. So faith is what we do now and hope is what God will do in the future. So how do we get this faith? How do we get this faith? The the type of faith, the type of righteousness that is good in God's sight. Romans chapter 10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You'll find that in chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We hear a lot of things, and we, bo- we receive a lot of information, but it's the word of God that God wants us to believe. I think we all get that. We all get that. But I feel at times we don't always operate like that. I think back to Adam, and in the garden, right after he had sinned, he's, <sighs> he's off doing his own thing. And God says this to him in chapter 3, verse 9. He says, but the, Lord called, but the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He's speaking to Adam. And he said, Adam says, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? There's two questions in here that he asks. He says, where are you, and who told you that? You ever hang around people, and you know these people, but you're like, man, where did you hear that? Like, where have you been? Because you're not acting like yourself. You're not, like, where did you get that? Where, where have you been? You know, maybe it's a thought of fear. Maybe it's something. I know you parents who've got kids, and you've seen your kids raised uh, throughout the years. They go to school. They come back home, and you're like, wh- who told you that? Who did you get, where did you get that information from? What God wants is us to receive information from him. He doesn't want you to receive information, all of your information from a YouTube video or just all just every pastor out there. He doesn't want you to receive all of your information from news or different various outlets. He wants you to receive information and believe information from his very presence, from his spirit and from the word of God. So there's two ways that we can hear the word of God. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You can hear the word of God by the way of the Holy Spirit, and you can also hear God through what he has recorded in Scripture. So that is super important for each of us. The righteous one shall live by faith. You and I, we have to individually receive information from God and believe what God has spoken to us. You cannot, your life, your righteousness cannot rest on my faith and my trust and my belief in God. Your faith cannot rest on the various videos and, 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 and perhaps sermons that you even see. And that, that, that's good. Mm. It can be a great supplement, but your faith cannot rest in that. That is why we have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ, this personal relationship that he wants us to take hold of. So that was maybe just a a tangent here, kind of went off. But um, stay stay in Hebrews 11. We're going to look in some things here. I wish I could do this chapter justice by going through it with you verse by verse. And, and really just sitting and meditating on it. Um, so I don't often do this, but I want to give you guys homework. Read chapter 11 and 12 in your own time. Please do that. Um, because you're going to find some beautiful things in there. It's actually known f- as like the hall of fame of faith. The heroes of the faith. And really, it's just men and women from the beginning of time that have Received information from God trusted God believed it took action upon it and he God like we read earlier in Hebrews he approved of their work he approved of their life but you see in all this in all ev- everyone's living these heroes of the faith they had the big picture in mind We're going to jump down to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation here. I believe it captures it. um, I I really like how it captures it. It says, uh, these heroes, referring to Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Noah, Sarah. It says, they all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them, But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises, and they gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they had left behind, they would have found opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater. That is the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. This was their hope. This was their vision. This is what they saw. They saw a much better place. They saw the promises of God. They saw of the Messiah, they saw the coming of God's anointed one and they saw the promises that God spoke about that would happen and be involved with that coming Messiah primarily a new heaven, a new earth a city that is a heavenly city this is where they had their mindset I want to read like I said I, I can't do this chapter justice in the way that I want to But, I mean, it's by faith they lived their lives in such a way. In Hebrews 11, we'll go to 24. I'll just read this. um, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered, he thought about the reproach of Christ being greater, being a reproach of Christ of greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. He was looking toward a heavenly reward. Think about it. Moses chose not to be raised in a household of absolute royalty because his mindset was that of a much greater reward, and that's a heavenly reward. That's their hope. That, that was their hope. That was their expectation. That was their vision of the things that God would do. And so they lived lives in light of that. Like it said, Moses, refusing to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin because he had proper vision. His eyes were fixed on what God had promised would happen. So our hope. Our hope is slightly different. We've got kind of, there's like an almost a... <laughs> Like an addendum to that hope, we have the hope of the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Titus two eleven uh, through fourteen. It's one of my favorite sections of Scripture. I've read this to you guys many times, but it says, "For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled." upright and godly lives in this present age waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and of our savior jesus christ this is like pastor bob was talking about last week this is a life of holiness holiness is fun this is a holy lifestyle that's that's the holy lifestyle that we get to live today that we get to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and we can live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age until what? Until the As we wait until the appearing of our great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have that hope, we have that expectation that Jesus Christ is coming back, and rest assured, Jesus Christ is coming back. You will meet him face to face. And like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, that the works that you do, the things that you labor into, the things that you add upon the foundation of Christ, your, the, the, the effort that you put towards things in life, it will be put before you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Good, bad, indifferent, all the things that we've put effort into, Lord, will put them right before us and we'll burn it up. And the things that will remain are the things that have value. And those things we will receive rewards on. And the things that were not of value from a kingdom and a heavenly perspective, those things will be counted as lost to us. With your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter twelve. So that's that's what we look forward to coming. The coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why in second, uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17, there's this understanding of, and, and, and it breaks down what happens when we die. And it breaks down the hope that we have. That's why Paul, when he says, Do not grieve, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep. Do not grieve like others do who have no hope. You have a hope. I have a hope. We have the expectation that Jesus Christ is coming back. Right? So that's what we get to look forward to. But this is where we get to be headed to. This is where we're going. This is where we get to share and be a part of the same hope that Abraham had. The same hope that Moses had. The same hope that Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Noah, all the people. That we've read about in Scripture, where their eyes were fixed. This is what they're looking toward. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion. You have come. You have come. It's a figure of speech in the Greek. It's like it's an absolute reality. That's what it means. It's a figure of speech, heterosis. It's an absolute reality. You have come. It's like you're already there. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You guys know what we're reading right here? This is like the who's who heaven. It says there's going to be innumerable angels. It says there's going to be the assembly of the firstborn. What's that? The church of the firstborn. That's us. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ. It said that God's going to be there, the judge of all. And it says that the spirits of the righteous made perfect are also going to be there. That's referring to those that in the resurrections, there's two resurrections recorded in God's word, like the resurrection of the just and the unjust, like Moses and all those that before Christ were deemed as righteous and gained approval from God. They will be there as well as those that after Christ returns that are living here in this world during the seven years of tribulation that refused to take the mark of the beast that are martyred, they will be raised as well. And so they're with us in heaven with Jesus, with God, with innumerable angels. And when you look at this word in, uh, in, in, in um, what verse is that? In 22, where it says festal gathering, it's, it's not really the best translation. I, th- I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. In the Greek, it's this word panegyrious. It's only used one time in the Bible. But it's used many times in Greek literature. What it is, what it refers to, essentially refers to like the – The the Greek games, it's like this festal gathering. It's this time of celebration of all the Olympic athletes that they would come and they would be honored. They would receive crowns. They would receive their rewards. They would be standing up on podiums. It'd be this huge celebration of great joy and victory for those that ran the race very, very hard and very, very well. And that is that festal gathering. That's what we get to be involved in. The types of rewards, the types of uh, uh, things that we get honored for in heaven. Those are the things that we receive rewards on when I told you that we are going to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When it speaks of the heavenly Jerusalem, this is what it's talking about. It's it's referring, we see it again in in Revelation. It's chapter 21, verse 1. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. This is the new Jerusalem, guys. This is our destination. We have this hope. We have this excitement. We have this new place. That God has prepared for his people. Our time here is so short, but our time in eternity is far greater than what we can understand. I just want to make sure the way we live our lives today is in light of that hope. Do not forget it. Do not forget it. Habakkuk chapter 2 3, I'll close with this verse. It says, This vision is for the future. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it surely will take place, and it will not be delayed. Guys, let's just make sure our view of the future, again, is in the crosshairs of how we live today. I love you guys. God bless you. We've got an awesome hope, an awesome hope, an awesome reward, an awesome destination to look forward to. Remember, faith is what you do today, and hope is what God will do tomorrow. Love you guys.